and talking about supernatural increase and qualifying for supernatural increase. And as we continue to look into God's word, um, I feel like today we're going to not necessarily talk about qualifying, but talking about a different aspect of his blessing and we're going to start off, we have a lot of scriptures, so hopefully you guys have something to write with, because these are all, we are a, a word-based church, and everything that we talk about is based off of the word of God, and so we tie it all together. So let's kick it off with Matthew six thirty-three. This is a familiar verse, and let's go ahead and start with the Amplified. When I first got saved, I started reading the Bible in the Amplified Version, and ever since then, that's been my favorite. I think it's been a lot for everyone, the, the version that you start off reading with when you first got saved, that's kind of like your go-to. Um, so the Amplified just happened to be the one I started off with, and so ever since then, that's, I almost can quote off of the Amplified, and so it's, it's good. So Matthew 6:33. And this is a familiar scripture. It says, but seek, aim, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. And in the Amplified, it says, his way of doing and being right. And all of these things taken together will be giving you besides. And I really like this one because one of my favorite uh, preachers is Gloria Copeland. And she says that this was her go-to scripture that got her saved. She said she was living in a tiny little home and she barely had anything. She, was, her, she said her freezer was a, literally a cardboard box that was sitting outside that kept things cold. And she had, her furniture was secondhand furniture, some of it that her husband, Kenneth, made in high school. Like, so they were just, she had a reason to believe that she needed something, and she came across the scripture that said, seek the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you, and she's like, well, I need all of these things added to me, and this scripture was what led her to give her life to, to God, because she had need of things, and she said, if, if these things that you say here in your word are true, I want to be a part of that, and so when we look at Matthew six thirty three we see, and all of these things will be added to you, right? And then there's a list of things that can be added to you. And, and that's a blessing, and it is great. And today I want to talk about where it says, but seek first his kingdom. Because we see here that it says in the Amplified that his kingdom is his ways of doing things and being right. So the kingdom of God is a method. It's a way of doing things. And that is how we, as Christians, ought to be. This is, this is the way. This is the way. If any of your Star Wars fans, this is the way. This is the way we ought to live. So we can see that the kingdom of God is a method. Now, we've heard the kingdom of heaven, Right? The kingdom of heaven is out of saying it. Well, the kingdom of heaven is a place because heaven is a place. But the kingdom of God is a method. We see this also in the beginning 
when we look at Genesis 8.22. Let me go back. It says in Mark 4.30. And you can do this in uh, the English standard. Sorry, tricked you. Mark 4.30 through 32. It says, and he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Again, the kingdom of God. Or what parable shall we use for it? Is It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and it becomes larger than the garden plants and puts a larger branches so that the birds of the air can nest on its shade. So we see here that when he's talking about kingdom of God, he starts talking about a seed being sown. He's like, let me tell you how the kingdom of God works. And then he started talking about a method. You sow seed and you reap a harvest. So when we look at Genesis in 8.22, it says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And we see throughout the scriptures that he talks about seed time and harvest all throughout. And I have scripture after scripture we'll talk about. Genesis 1.11 says, And God said, Let there be light. Let the earth bring forth after its kind. And it was. And then he kept saying all of that, that. And this came after that. And this came after that. So we know that when God is talking about the kingdom of God, he's talking about a method, and that method is seed time and harvest. Everything that we sow reaps, and we've heard this a lot when we're talking about sowing, sowing seed, but sowing our words of kindness, we get kindness, and that is seen a lot in Luke 6.38. It says, Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So give, and it shall be given unto you. Another method. So it's giving, sowing, and you reap. So as we look at this method that God has put forth for us, and this is just really basic Bible principles of how to be a Christian. We sow and we reap. But today I want us to think about how we can mentally, just like Roman says, transform our minds so that whenever we do anything, we think about it. When I sow this, I will reap something. When I sow these words of love, when I sow these words of compassion, I will reap that. When I sow gossip, I'm going to reap that. When I sow of my time, I'm going to reap that. I'm going to receive time. So anything that we do, we have to transform our minds that it is going to be a seed. And something that I like about looking at giving, we use the word a lot, give. How about instead of saying the word give, we say sow. So that our minds can now grasp the thought of that. If I sow this, just like a farmer, I know that I have to 
by the laws of physics, by the laws of this world, and the laws of God, have to reap something. So if I give, it has to be given unto me of what that seed that I gave. And again, if we take that word give and say, when I sow of my time, when I sow of my words, when I sow of my love, I will reap that. So it's a mind transformation of making sure that we identify ourselves as not only sowers, you know, we're, I like to, I've heard a couple of uh, preachers talk about how they're, you know, I'm not just a, a Christian, I'm a farmer because I'm constantly sowing. And when I sow, there's that process of it. And also when we look at once we've planted a seed, a job's not over. You can think of, again, a farmer. When you plant that seed, the job's not done. It's not like it's just, okay, I'm now going to go uh, do my own thing. But now the process of taking care of that seed starts. So now we're taking a look at the time between planting and the time between harvesting. What are we doing during that time? A lot of the, you know, we think of like, well, I've sowed my seed, where's my harvest? But there's also that time frame of when it needs to grow. What do you, you know, there's a lot of different things a farmer does, whether it's watering it, tending to it, putting fertilizer. All of those things still need to happen. Again, it is part of the process. When he said in Mark 30, it says, it's like a mustard seed when it is sown. Every time he talked about a parable of seed, he talked about how there's a process attached to it. And we're so quick to say, oh, well, you know, I've so- I sowed or I gave... And then those horrible words come out of your mouth and say, nothing happened. And then, of course, I get to go back to Mark eleven twenty three and say, well, you have what you say. <laughs> so you basically took that seed, took it out of the ground, and threw it. Threw it into the trash. Yes. Oh, Mike. Ooh. So um, I know Pastor Ziggy preaches on our blessings aren't performance-based. Right. But we're sowing seeds, um, and we're, our sin is very minimal. Does God... Uh, this is a question I have. I'm trying to make sure I say it right. Mm-hmm. God is not like... It's not like gambling, like someone just magically is going to get blessed today. I mean, it can happen like that. But based on our dedication and, like, our sowing of seeds in any way, does God bless those people more? Or is it just kind of, like, just random, like like the lottery? You know what I'm saying? How? Well, if you look at what his word's talking about, sowing and reaping, mm-hmm. just, again, think of it like a farmer. When he sows seed he gets what he planted. Mm -hmm. 
So there's like a basic foundation, a lot like healing. Healing happened for us 2,000 years ago. It doesn't matter whether you're a born-again believer or a heathen. Healing is available for you. He already paid the price. So when, when God talks about seed time and harvest, he says, what you sow, you will reap. There's no buts in between. So that is like a foundation. Now, what happens in between what, you har- what you're doing in the harvest, in the, I'm sorry, in the labor time, it di- it's different. And you can, you said, you know, does he randomly pick pieces? specific people for, for special works, and you're like, okay, here's abundant. Now, we have seen it where there's special gifts, special giftings, and that is outside of the, the normal seed time and harvest. But you can count on seed time and harvest to work because that's his word. Just like you have what you say, no matter what is happening in the world, no matter what is your neighbors doing, no matter what you are doing, seed time and harvest is the same as you, you have what you say. And it's a part of having that head knowledge come into your heart and becoming, that's the word of God. That is finite. That doesn't change. And so every time you sow, you know you're going to reap not only because you have applied his word and you have a fresh revelation of it. You're like, nothing's going to take that away. And that's the part of the labor is that you're applying your faith to it. You're watering it with the word of God. You're coming to a place where that is what I'm receiving. Versus if you are walking day by day and you're like, well, I gave, and you do nothing with it, just like the farmer. They can sow seed, but if they don't water it, if they don't take care of it, if they don't ensure that it's not, you know, there's bugs, insects, there's things that can come up and eat the seed. If they don't take care of it, there's lots of things that can snatch it. And then we, you know, we can go into that part of um, the Bible when it talks about how there's, um, you know, if you sow into a stony ground, if you let the sun storch it, scorch it. And that, that's all about how we apply God's word into our lives. So it's all connected together, but it, we have to have a confidence. And faith is having confidence in God's word. That seed time and harvest will always be the way that things work. In the spirit and in the natural. So when we see, for example, uh, the woman who gave her last, and we can call it a penny, but sowed her her last piece of dime, any, the last piece of money that she had, she sowed that, which, you know, if you're looking at a percentage of what she owed, that was everything. So if you sow of yourself and that's everything that you have, you're going to reap that much. 
So it depends on how we are looking at each of the situations. That's why I'm saying we have to have that transformation of our minds that when we sow, and that could be anything. As I mentioned before, it could be our time, it could be money, it could be our words, it could be things. Then we can expect those things based off of God's word because seed time and harvest will remain as, as long as this earth is here, that's what the word says, we will have seed time and harvest. And that's, what the, that's really the main, if you want to get one thing out of tonight, is to have that transformation in our mind that anytime you do anything, it is a seed. And when we labor for it, we're going to get a harvest. And you, know, you look at your work week. When you go to your job, you're sowing your time. At the end of the week, you get a paycheck. That is, you know, just simple. You go to work, you sow your time, they pay you. So we should expect the same thing whenever we're doing anything. When we sow time at the house of God when we commit to helping a friend, when we commit to um, even sowing to our children and that time that we spend with them is seed for their futures. But having that mindset of everything I do is going to be seed and I'm going to, and then having that definite confidence of I will reap what I sow then every time you sow something, it should be a, a time of rejoicing. And then that's how then we start seeing that transformation. I'm sowing, so I'm going to rejoice because I know what happens when I sow a seed. So every time we are sowing, we can be rejoicing over what we just did. And, and it's not, you know... It, we don't want to get to a place where we were like, well, a, a bad, uh, you know, check your heart of where, where, why we're, our motives of why we sow. However, if we are doing it based off of God's word, then we're, we're in right standing. We're, we're doing it right. So it's important not to neglect our seed. In Mark eleven twenty three, you guys have heard me say this plenty of times. It says, um, truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, but believes that what he says will take place. For this reason, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe it have that trust and be confident in the Amplified that it is granted, granted to you and, it, and you will get it. That trust and confidence only comes from knowing that what you said will come to pass. What your seed will come to pass. So as we water our seed and we speak God's faith-filled words over our, and this could be a confession, it could be personally when you, you sow your seed, you said, I'm receiving this harvest. 
don't be discouraged that you don't see it right away, but just like the word says, let patience have her perfect work and you will reap an abundant harvest. Whenever Jesus compares the kingdom of God planting seeds on earth, he says, when the seed is sown, it grows. He didn't have any buts or conditions to it. He says, it grows. It just does. It grows. And just as God's word is continually expanding the universe, just off of that one scripture he said at the beginning of, of time, it will continue to grow. And there is no, no limit. Only we create the limits of how big that seed can grow. Only we can say, oh, it's only going to be this much, or it's only can get this much, uh, you know, tall, if you're looking at, you know, how big something can grow. So when we see it, we can confidently know that it will grow. And something that we face today is that God's economy, the kingdom of God, is not like the kingdom that we, the kingdom that we live in now. There is no limits. There is no uh, deficits. There is no, you know, living in the red. In God's kingdom, everything is abundance. Oh, yeah. Everything is more than enough. He's Jehovah Jireh. So we know that if we are working and living in God's kingdom, God's ways of doing things and being right, there is not going to be a shortage of seed. There's not going to be a shortage of growth. And that is all just a shift in our mind of seeing it that as we sow our seed, we will have a harvest. And that harvest is not going to be small. That harvest, because we're not... Uh, we're taking care of it, is not going to be eaten away. It's not going to be um, taken away by animals or anything like that. But it's going to grow. And it's going to be in a place where, um, as we look in the Bible, it says, you know, it's not going to be like this earthly treasure where things can rot away and moths can eat at it. No, it's going to be safe in God's kingdom. And that's what we can look for. So when we look at um, another scripture that I, I like is in Galatians 5.16 and says, but I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. Responsive, and I'm reading in the Amplified, responsive to be to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, which is of human nature, without God. And I, I brought this scripture up specifically because whenever we're walking in the spirit, we're walking in God's ways of doing things. Oh, yeah. So if we're walking in the spirit, if someone asks, hey, can, I, can you help me with this? Our selfish part of ourselves, our human nature, won't say, and then I don't have time for that. 
or, you know, you figure it out. Or if we see a need, if we see a need, and, it, and one of the Proverbs says, says, if you see a need and you have, you have it to give it, give it. Why are you holding it back? That is God's ways of doing things. So again, if you're looking at, well, how do, I, how do I follow God's ways of doing things? How do I walk in God's kingdom? Proverbs is a great way to start to figure out things. So whenever we're walking after the spirit, we know that we won't gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh that wants us to keep everything for ourselves, to hoard up things, Whenever I see and hear those stories about hoarders and they how much stuff they have and they're just piling it on, I just don't get it. I, I tend to be a person that you guys probably can guess. I like to be very clean and orderly. And so if there's ever a time where I'm like, well, I haven't used this in so many days and so many months, I don't have a need for it. Who do I know would have a need for it? Who would, instead of meet it sitting somewhere not being used, can actually have a use for it? So walking after the Spirit is not walking after the flesh. And nowadays, and again, I'll bring today's economy, it is very easy for us to start getting into uh, anxiousness. And, you know, uh, I thought it was awesome that, Ayla brought this up on Sunday on about how because of what the world is seeing, there's a, you know, a, a part of our, I'll say it again, fleshy self would say, would want us to get anxious and want to say, oh no, and I need to stop doing this or I need to start um, changing, you know, how I buy things or what I'm getting for myself or what we're doing with our savings, you know. But walking of this, after the Spirit, it says, be anxious for nothing. For nothing. So walking after the Spirit and walking in God's ways of doing things doesn't look at this world's economy. It doesn't look at how um, the world is doing and what they're doing. But it follows the Spirit. It follows what His Word says. It's walking in that peace, in the confidence that he is our provider, that he will meet all of our needs. And so as we take every day, and we should take every day by day, if they, and again, the Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. But think about today. What are you doing today? And our sole purpose for today is to walk after the Spirit to look at what his word says and to be confident that he's going to take care of us. And if I do, if I walk after the spirit, if I walk in God's ways of doing things and being right, then seed time and harvest will be a part of how I live my life. And when I sow seed and when I labor into, and this is, this is the only part of being in labor is that you labor in his word not working hard and overtime and double time. Tell you what, I've lived that life. It's not fun. 
<laughs> it's not fun. And so seeing to it that we are confident in what his word says. And so if we're looking at what we sow, how we sow it, and how we expect to receive from it, every day, as I mentioned before, if we're sowing, should be a joyous, joyous day because we're expecting that harvest. Seed power always works. It doesn't work some of the time. It works all of the time. I heard this awesome analogy uh, from Jesse DePlan as he was talking about the seed, you know, the seed of having children and how the, pow the, se the power of that seed takes over the minute that a woman gets pregnant. It doesn't care what the woman is thinking. It doesn't care what the woman is doing. Automatically, that seed takes power, and that seed is taking food from the mom. It's taking calcium. It's taking all of the nutrients. That seed has power. And he talks about, you know, he's taking all the food, reforming the lady's body to contour to what that seed needs. And so we have to think of every single seed that we sow having that power. And we know that God's seed, his word, doesn't return void, and his seed definitely has power. We know of one seed, Jesus, he became flesh, the word became flesh, and his word continues to have power. Oh, yeah. And we can confidently know that when we speak God's word, that that seed goes to work. And that power, just like a woman's having that seed in her and it's doing its thing, she doesn't have to think about it. She doesn't have to do anything. It's just doing it. For nine months, and then, of course, you give birth to the baby, and it's still doing it. It's still breathing, still doing things. Hello, us, you know. We're still living, we're still doing things. It's having that transformation of the mind of what is our seed. How do we see our seed? How do we water our seed? How do we take care of, of our seed? When we talk about giving, again, we should say we're sowing. We're farmers. We're sowing our seed and expecting a harvest. Here are some scriptures that I put together um, of what it talks about a seed that you can turn into confessions. So first uh, one is in Genesis 8.22. We mentioned it early on. It says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall not cease. And this could be something that you can use when you're sowing seed. Again, this reminded me of whenever pastor was teaching on, you know, not seeing our jobs as our source. I had to transform my mind of how I saw my job. And so now whenever I think of even walking up to, my, to the building, I say, you are not my source. God is my source. Having that transformation in my mind of confidently knowing that 
hey, look, I work for the big guy. I work for God. He is my source. He provides my check. He's the one that is continually seeing to it that I have all of my needs met. So when we sow our seed, we take these confessions, and we say use confession, but think of it as watering your, your seed. Because that is going to then transform into what we believe. And what we believe, we can back up with, again, Mark eleven twenty three. we have what we say. And seeing to it that we are rejoicing in that part, as we know that we're going to receive what we've sown. In Genesis 1.11, it says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth after his kind, and it was so. I'll bring back again this sowing seeds of not just your resources of money. We had a revival in Shawnee a couple, maybe a year ago, two years ago. When was Shawnee? Do you remember, Don? Maybe a year ago. I know, revivals. And we were at a, at a time in our, in our lives where we, where we didn't have that much to sow financially. But God was showing me there doesn't, it doesn't have to be a financial seed. You know, he was pointing things out that I had that, and these weren't, sometimes it's not just things that you weren't using anymore. It was like, oh, I like this. I, I'm really fond of, and it could have been, and, you know, it was jewelry, it was electronics, it was shoes, you know, for a girl, shoes, um, clothing. And, and during that period of time, he had me sew these things. One of the qualifications for supernatural increase is don't hold to your things too close because God may ask for them. And so when we're looking at what we have, it literally is seed. Because yes, it's ours, and we might have believed for it. We might have, you know, worked really hard to buy it. But knowing that at any point you could use that as seed. Because when we sow our seed, that I know is a harvest. And so I can rejoice. And it, when you're sowing of financial things or anything that's uh, material, it does two things. Not only are you sowing of your, of, as a seed, especially if God says, you know, give this. One, you're like, all right, Lord, you're, you're in it. You're, you know, this is, this is something that you're asking of me, and I'm, I know that it's going to come back even greater. But you're also making sure that you're not attached to those things. Because, again, this is not our end stop. This is not where we end. This is just a short time frame in our span of life. And we, we have to ensure that we're, we're not attached to things 
that if we at any point feel like, oh man, I'm gonna fall apart if this, somebody steals this iPad or if it breaks, I'm a, you know, am I, am I gonna start cursing? Am I going to, you know, throw a fit? It's, it's a way, it's a checkpoint. So it's also a checkpoint. Where are you at with your attachment to things? And it's, very, it's a very good way. There was a time, too, when, um, when the Lord was stretching us and we told ourselves if at any time we felt like, oh, no, we couldn't give that much or we, couldn't, or we can't give to that person. David and I had a pact. If we ever feel that in, our, in ourselves, not our spirit, and be like, you know what, devil? We're going to give double. We're going to give to that person even more because we wanted to put our flesh down. It's like, you're not going to flesh. You're not going to tell me how much I can give or to whom I can give or for what reason I can give because that's a part of our, you know, live, walking after the spirit and not letting our, our fleshy desires take the best of us. Are we going to let ourselves get in the way of God, of what God wants to do, and or even you know the greater of where He wants to take us? Because this is just a spot, you know, it's just a step in the in the greater goal. And I could see myself now, like of where we've come in our walk with Him. Each time, it was just a step to get us further along. So whenever we see ourselves now in what, we're, what he is having us work on, it's just a step. It's not forever. If he's asking of your time, if he's asking of, you know, your material things or even, you know, not being as quick to judge or as quick to lash out over things, this is just a time. We're walking out his purpose. And then once we, once we can figure this out, then we, you know, we go on to the next thing, you know, from faith to faith and from glory to glory. So we're growing in lessons with him. So in any place that you guys are in right now, see it as an opportunity to see yourselves, okay, I might be here right now, but then take a moment and look at yourself and see where does he want to see you. Maybe right now it's just sowing of your time because that's all you have. Fantastic. But then think of, you know what? There's going to be a time where I get to sow of finances, sow of land, sow of cars, and sow of things that I couldn't even do right now. But it starts with the little stuff. It always starts with the little stuff. And we can't get to the big stuff until we, you know, get past ourselves. And that's really it. It's just past ourselves. It's, it's our ways of the way we grew up, the way we learn things, the way, um, you know, just a simple example. Whenever I first started dating David and we, I made him dinner and he was done with his plate and he was about to throw it away. And I'm like, he had a little bit of food left. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you, th why are you throwing it in the trash? 
I'm like, put it in the Tupperware. You can put it, you know, we can have it for lunch tomorrow. And that was just a part of how I grew up. Of, you know, can't throw anything away. But seeing whatever we grew up with, whatever we're familiar with, is it, is it God's way? Is it, is it something that's hindering me from getting to where he wants me to go? And is anything here that I'm doing materialistically hindering me from the next place that he wants to take me? So as we're seeing seed time and harvest, and again, the main thing I want you guys to look at and take away from today is having that mindset of everything that you do is a seed. And it comes with a harvest. You know, we can think of it in the most basic of terms where we look at what we eat. It's a seed towards our body, we're gonna reap a harvest. Am I drinking enough water? Am I watering, right? Anything is, how much, how much devotion am I putting towards my marriage? Am I sowing good seeds of, you know, love and affection, or am I just nagging all the time? It's getting real. It could come from the men too. Sir? <laughs> no. A man cannot nag, of course. <laughs> so having that mind transformation, it comes right along with having the transformation, knowing that I have what I say, I harvest what I sow. Ooh, that's good. I harvest what I sow. All right, let's take a look at another scripture. Mark 4, 26, 27, it says, So is the kingdom of God as a man should cast seed into the ground, and it should spring up and grow. So we're expecting that whenever we sow our seed, it will spring up, and it's going to grow. Produce an abundant harvest. In Job 36.11, it says, If they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So this type of sowing is serving. When we serve God and we serve in his kingdom, we should expect prosperity and pleasure. I didn't say it, he said it. And having that confidence that it's not because I said it, it's not because uh, Pastor Ziggy said it, Pastor Annie, no, God said it. If we serve him, we will. And that's it. In Psalms 115 and fifteen twelve. And 14, it says, the Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless you. The Lord shall increase you more and more. 
more and more. Not just one time, not just the first time you sow, not just occasionally, you know, it's not a a chance, but it is more and more in each time. And it goes the same thing with, with our youths. Are you guys sowing seeds of respect? Seeds of uh, being thoughtful and kind? Because that's what you're going to get back. Just thought I helped them out there too. <laughs> In 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, it says, He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Mm, that's a good one. Let's go to... Let's go to Second Corinthians, verse uh, chapter eight. No, let's do nine. Uh, let's go to Second uh, Corinthians, chapter nine, starting with verse six, and let's go ahead and read it in the Amplified. Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgedly will reap sparingly and grudgedly. And he who sows generously that the blessing may come to someone will also reap generously with blessings. See time and harvest. It is literally all over the Bible. It is everywhere. Because that's how he intends us to live. Verse 7 says, Let each one give, or so, as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or, or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves, he takes pleasure in, he prizes above all, other things, and is willing, unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it, giver or sower, whose heart it is in his giving. So here we see that he wants us, he wants our hearts to be in our sowing. He wants our hearts to constantly be in what we sow. Now he says, I can't do without, I can't abandon a sower. He's like, look, me and this person, we're going to be together. We're, I'm going to take care of him. We're going to do these things together. And when this person does so, it says in verse 8, and God is able to make all grace Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. I like that part because it talks about being self-sufficient, not needing anyone's help. That you are doing it and because you're sowing, you're doing God's word and you're sowing and you're you, got, you and God have this thing going on, you're going to be self-sufficient. You're not going to need anyone's help. You're not going to need the government. You're not going to need them to 
uh, approve the education uh, debt forgiveness. You're not going to need them. You're not going to need extra uh, breaks or extra, you know, things that are coming from the government. You're like, okay, keep your money. I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to be self-sufficient. And that, you know, that's something that I've, that has stood out to me, to be self-sufficient where I don't need any cutbacks, any breaks. Because in, if you're at that level, that means you're doing pretty good. If you're at that place, that means that you have it, you have what you need, you've got taken care of. And that only happens when you do the first part of the scripture. So he is self-sufficient, which says, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So you're furnished in abundance for every good work. Anytime anyone has a need, you're like, got it. And not to a place, you know, again, pastor talks about this. It's not so, you know, anybody that has their hand out is getting it. You're being led by the spirit. But anytime there's a need in the family, anytime there's a need where the Lord says, go ahead, Brandon, step in. And then you're like, I got it. I got you. You need a car to get to work? You need a car. Got it. I got a spare one. You are self-sufficient. Verse 9 says, As it is written, he, the benevolent person, so one who gives, scatters abroad, and he gives to the poor, and his deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. Not just in this lifetime, but forever. We have the example of the man that goes to that the Lord chooses and says, because you have, you know, have given to the poor and you're, you've given in, in alms, your prayers have come up to me. So we know that God's going to take, again, like it says here, I'm not going to do without this type of person. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to be with them. We're going to do things together. And this only happens until we get that revelation of seed time and harvest, that when we sow, we shall reap. And verse 10, it just keeps getting gooder and gooder, says, and God who provides seed for the sower, again, seed time and harvest, and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources of sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. So not only is he saying, hey, look, I've put this system in my kingdom of seed time and harvest, but hey, you know what? I'm also going to provide seed. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you some seed for you guys to sow. He's not letting you just hang out on your own, but he's, he's like, again, the provider. 
He provides. And in verse 11 says, Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way, so that you could be generous, and your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forward thanksgiving to God. So when we are on our everyday and Gil is with his abundance and he's saying, hey, I got you and blessing someone because there was a need, it says that this is going to bring thanksgiving to God. So again, we are being light in the world. We are showing that our God is taking care of us and that when, we have, when there is a need, he will provide. So when we're seeing here that this will bring forth thanksgiving to God, that is God's way of doing things. That's the kingdom of God. And finally, in verse 12, it says, for the service that the ministering of this fund renders doesn't, does not only fully supply what is lacking to the saints, God's people, but it also overflows in and many thanksgivings to God. So it's continual. It's always going to lift up God, and it's always going to be a place to where we can say, look, God did this. I didn't do it. Because if you think of a, a seed, you might look at any type of seed. You sow one seed, you don't get, if I sow one apple seed, I don't get just get one apple back. You get multiple, you know, a, a tree that produces more than just one apple. So when we're sowing, we don't just get one it's not a one-for-one one situation. So we can expect that it's not only going to be just one, but it's going to be that abundance. And that is the transformation of our mind that we need to you know, add to it. Expecting that if I sow one ring, there's going to be multiple rings coming back. Because that is seed time and harvest. It's the transformation of our minds that we work on his word to be confident and trusting that it's going, it's not going to come back void of itself. And that's what we get to rejoice about every day. Because his word is true and we get to have it and it gets to be a part of you know that is what a believer does they believe <laughs> that's the nature of what we do we are believers and we get to walk out in in his goodness and in his victory all right one more scripture second chronicles 2020 it says believe in the lord your god and so shall ye be established Believe the prophets and you shall prosper. Oh, yeah. Boy, that's right. That's right. So all of these scriptures and that we've covered today talk about seed and talk about what we sow. I prayed today that you guys would get a revelation of that, and I know you will. 
and you're going to continue to see in God's word as it continues to develop inside of you. Anytime you see and you're reading your word, which I encourage you guys to do every single day because you're watering, that revelation is going to continue to grow. And as it grows, not only do we get to have that for ourselves, but then we can teach it to our children. And that's how we can have inheritances for our children's children's children. And that's how we can continue to grow and see the things of God manifest in our lives on a day-to-day basis. Amen. All right. Does anybody have any questions? We talked to... There's a lot of scriptures, and there's a lot of uh, different things we talked about. Because if there isn't, I'm going to have, have you guys do an activity. I, I don't have to waste any time here. Yes? I have a follow-up question. Follow-up question. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I asked that earlier for a reason. There's a, a new people at work, um, and there's a one person, because, you know, we do prayer every morning, and um, I'm basically always talking about God, you know, like, every, amen, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for everything, you know, so people know what's going on in my life, and one of the girls said, she's like, man, I bet you, you get all the blessings, and I, I do. I'm very blessed. My wife is very blessed. Our family is very blessed. He has taken care of us for a very long time. There's some things that haven't come to fruition yet, but I'm believing and we're believing and we're standing strong for God's promises to come through. And she was like, well, I don't go to church. I don't do anything. So God's not going to bless me. And that's where the question came up of, does he just, I know he blesses people that don't follow that, you know, don't go to church, but I wanted to, which I haven't communicated this with her yet, because that's, oh, it's perfect that you were talking about this today, because I want to be able to explain it in a way that won't scare her away from the Lord. I wanted to explain that, you know, that the more you're with God, he's going to bless you more, because you're, we're all his children no matter what, but, you know, when you're in his favor, you're in his favor, and I just, how do you, What's the best way to, around that so you don't, like, scare someone from the Lord? Do you understand what I'm Well, about? and I would also approach it, too, from the place of seed time and harvest, just like you have what you say is spiritual and natural law. You have companies, big corporations that give to charities all the time, and they're blessed I say the word blessed, but they do well mm-hmm. because they follow God's plan there. And so there is a way where somebody that is not a believer can walk in what we say a measure of a blessing, but it's only because they're doing God's word. And so if there's people that are being blessed based off of God's just natural goodness, and this is the law that he established in the world, you, you know, you could tell her, God, God has already made a way even if you don't walk after him. But there are 
his blessings that come when you're walking after his ways of doing things. When you, when you walk out his word because out of a relationship that you have for him. And when things are not looking good, you have him to stand on. So there's, a, there's that connection that you can say, yeah, you could live your life and, and follow the natural way of doing things and you can be blessed or you can walk in God's ways and be blessed in the communion of his relationship and then all the benefits that come with it. Psalms 103. But do not forget all of these benefits. He forgives. You know, how can you ever put a dollar amount in forgiveness? How can you ever put a dollar amount in health and wholeness? So whenever there's those things that you can't quantify when you are a believer, or even having a good marriage, I can 100% say to you that the, my marriage and the way it is founded on and it is good because of God and his blessings. We didn't start out good. We were shacking up. You know, and the way things just kind of happened as we walked closer and closer with God and the communication and the communion and how we treat each other only because of God. And you can't put money, you can't explain it. You can't, it's just because of the communion that we have with God and how he has his relationship with God and how I have my relationship with God. Those are blessings that you can't quantify. And so when you're talking to people that are not believers and you're trying to tell them all the benefits, the benefits of being in the club, um, those are the things that you can tell them. Like, yeah, you can do things your own way and you probably can see a measure of a good life, but it's only, it's only basic. It's a good question. Don, no, wait, one second, Don. You guys really didn't want that activity, huh? <laughs> I just wanted to say that he, uh, the word says that he causes it to rain on the just and, and the unjust. That's right. That uh, he is gracious even to those who are outside of his, uh, his will or his family. That's right, because he, you know, first of all, he... He doesn't want anybody to perish. And that's a part of, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave. Again, anytime you see give or gave in, in the Bible, look at it as he's sowing, he sowed. And something that I thought was pretty cool, if you look at the word when you say, I gave, or I have given, it's almost very finite. It's like almost like it's done. I gave in the offering, and then it's almost like, okay, I gave, that's it. But when you say, I sowed, that means it's like, it's not done. It's not over. Now there's going to be, you know, the working of that seed and then my harvest. So it's like that continuous where giving and gave, it's in the past, it's done, settled. But when we sow... It's continuous. 
And just like those you know, apple seed, you know, how many apples can that one apple produce? I mean, nobody knows. You know, and how long it lives, you know, it depends on how good you take care of that tree, how well, it, you know, where, where did you plant it? Is it in, you know, a shady spot? So it all, as his word, it's so infinite and so vast in, in its meaning. So whenever he says, seed time and harvest will remain as long as this earth remains, we know that it is going to be beyond what we can imagine, beyond what we can, you know, even comprehend. But as long as we stand on his word and are confident to, to believe it, then we know it's, it's going to continue just like the universe. It's going to continue to grow, grow, grow. And I like the part of seeing that one seed, when it produces its harvest, he's like, well, here's some extra seed, you know, I'm not done with it. I'm giving you the, here's the harvest, but then here's some more seed. It's just like a continuous flow of it. And that's the part where you guys can just start rejoicing about it and saying, oh, all right, Lord, this is it. Come on now. We're doing this. All right, any other questions? Oh, wonderful. Do you want to voice it? Maybe somebody else needs it. But now everybody is wondering, what was it, right? I'm wondering. Okay, I will, to further lengthen this so we don't have to do any activities. (laughs) Actually, no, I kind of want to hear you sing that one song that shall not be named. That's this. That's for this Saturday. Yay. Tiny dancer. It's coming this Saturday. <laughs> and you know what? I've really been itching to see, sing Celine Dion's song. Um, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> well, not today. You guys are gonna. If you guys are gonna have to come to the picnic on Saturday for it. It's gonna be a, a fun time. Epic. Okay. So the the question I had that you had already answered is so basically when you were talking about Mark, was it chapter four, verse 29? Um, well, actually, I guess you started in 27. I just kind of read on because I normally do that. Um, where it talks about the planting of the, of the seed and then the sower. Um, and it says, but when the fruit is bring forth or is brought forth, it, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And so that got me thinking about what you had said previously, or what the Bible said previously. I think Genesis chapter one verse eleven about how when God um, brought forth the the trees and He gave them fruit, and then the fruit produced the seed. So it after its own kind. After its yes. own kind, that whole deal. And so that got me thinking about the harvest. And how whenever we have seed and we plant something down, and if it's seed time and harvest time, and it's always going to be the same, does that mean that we can expect to have seed in the midst of our harvest as well? Perfect. And then you just... And then the answer is You answered it already. Perfect. So that's it. Someone else ask a question. (laughs) Oh, we have someone who wants to do an activity. 
Ms. Annie. Boys, do you guys have any questions? All right. So, oh, what song? All right, well, I won't make you guys do the activity now, but I want you guys to think of what do you have to sow? And what are you sowing right now? What is it that you are actively working on? What is your, what is your, as a farmer, you know, a farmer is on occupation. That's something that they do. It's who they are. So what are you sowing right now? What is it that you are putting in the field to see a harvest? And if you don't have anything that you can name and say, well, yes, I, I did this, then I challenge you to ask the Spirit, what is it that you want me to sow? If, it, if it's something particular that you're looking to see a harvest on, then put some, put some seed in the ground for it. Now, we've seen, we've seen in the Bible where it says, you know, you'll, you sow a seed and it'll, you know, the harvest will be after its own kind, but sometimes you might not have. Let's say if I want a car seed, I might not have a car to sow, but maybe you have your time to wash somebody's car. Maybe you have, you know, clean somebody's car, or maybe it's you go out and you buy an air freshener. You're like, I'm sewing this air freshener to you for your car. Or, you know, ask the spirit. Because it's the action. It's the, it's the part of being doers of the word. We're actively seeking God to take us to that next place. And I mentioned this a, a couple of times before when I talked, is that even, even before the Shawnee revival, when we were in the Newcastle revival and money was tight and, and there was a time to sow seed and we literally didn't have anything to give and we gave lint from our pants. And you know what? I can proudly say that, that, that I have my harvest from that. And it's, it's, where, it's from your heart. It's coming from your heart. And he sees it. So wherever you're at, never feel like you don't have anything to sow. Never feel like there's nothing out of reach. Because God sees your heart and he sees your intentions. And whatever it is that you're believing for and you're standing to see that harvest, don't give up on it. Maybe if, if you've neglected it, go back and water it. Because if it's a seed and, and it's still, and let's say, well, maybe you uprooted it, you know, go back and sow it again. It's, it's never too late with God. So I encourage you guys today to, to look at what he has told you to sow or ask him to sow so that you guys can see him do what he does best. Melody, you have a question? I've kind of talked about this before. 
Um, I was also, I listened to Bot all the time. And so we, they were talking about seed and um, they tell about, uh, not they, but this one particular instance where the, a man, he had been sowing and sowing and things never came to pass as far as the harvest. Um, and I do know that, you know, the harvest could come next generations, you know. Sometimes the harvest can come nine years. Sometimes it doesn't come at all. And so sometimes I stumble on ex maybe like you, you say, you know, I want this to happen. I'm sowing the seed. And mm -hmm. it's not our will. You know, it's definitely God's will. But I always kind of stumble of, it, since it is God's will, it could not happen in my generation. And so I always get a little bit hung up on that. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, what I feel the Holy Spirit telling me now is, and God, when we're seeing the kingdom of God, and he talks about the kingdom of God is seed time and harvest, but the kingdom of God is God's ways of doing things and being right. And we know in his word that he speaks to us and he says that you have what you say. A lot of the times when we hear of testimonies of like, well, I haven't seen this come to pass yet, or I haven't seen this fulfilled, we don't know what they're saying. We don't know what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So we can't say that, oh, well, God never fulfilled it. But when we are walking out in God's promises, and, you know, I remember you asked the question about, you know, healing. When somebody doesn't get their healing, what, Why? It's not that God didn't provide healing. God's word says that by his stripes we were healed. So God's word says that we live in seed time and harvest, and then that's it, and that's all we believe. So when we speak and we are standing in our own world, in our own walk, we stand on that no matter what is happening to the person next to us, no matter what they're seeing, no matter what they're experiencing in their walk, but we are confident that when we have our connection and our communion with God, that we are seeing his word as the final law. And when we see it, we see it done. And, and that's part of walking out after the spirit and, you know, faith comes by not by seeing, right? So hearing, and when we don't see it, we can't say it's not done. Because we know that the minute that that seed is on the ground, I'm going to have a harvest because God said, see time and harvest. So we, by faith, have to see it done. We, by faith, have to say that seed is on the ground and my harvest is mine. So it's, again, having that transformation in the mind of seed time and harvest, it's a done deal. It's not a question whether God is going to, but that's it. When I sow, I will reap. And so seeing it as done. And faith, when we're walking in by faith, we're just... That's it. It's done. Does that help? Do you have a follow-up question to it? I see your mind working. <laughs> I, I just kind of 
I can feel that it's done, but it's it may not be to what I have my expectations of, you know. Um, it could be 13 or, or not even, like I say, not in my lifetime, but sometimes done is, it's difficult to, to agree, I guess, that it's done if I don't ever see it, you know. Faith, when you're walking in faith, you have it without seeing it. So when, let's say, when the manifestation of it comes, mm -hmm. then by that time, you don't need your faith anymore. It's already done. So at that point, the harvest has come, and you're, in, you're on to your next seed. But without believing that it's done, you're not in faith. So you're just hoping it happens. You're hoping that it's seed time and harvest. Right? Right. You know, I'm going to say something to that. I think something that helped me, um, there was some physical things going on with me a few years back, and and I was really upset about it, and, you know, I told Ziggy, I'm praying, I'm believing, and, you know, trusting God, and I'm not seeing the results. And um, he's like, well, then you're not really in faith. And I'm like, well, but I am. He's like, no, you're not, because I kept saying, but what if, what if, you know, it, you know, what if I don't, this, this issue doesn't go away? He goes, well, then you're really not in faith. And, um, I'm like, yes, I am. He's like, no, if you're in faith, then no matter what, <laughs> even if you don't see the result in your, before you die, you die knowing that you're still healed. You know, you may not get that result. Um, and I don't know, I can't say, you know, I can't answer to that. But if you're really in faith, then you believe even though you don't get that result right then. <laughs> and then before you know it, that result, I guess, what you're looking for does manifest. So I think that it really helped me to understand that faith really isn't just about, but if I don't see that result, if I'm saying but, then I'm not really in faith. Yeah. So um, I, I think it really kind of helped me to understand that um, because I was so into my emotions and so into my feelings and um, the what if. Yeah, and the, mm -hmm. the seeing the manifestations of things in my body that I'm like, okay, but you know, it's not working. It's not working. And you know, what do I do? What do I need to do? And it's like praying harder. And I'm like, how much harder can you pray? You know, what do you, how hard do you pray? Do you like squint your eyes like this? Like, I don't know. Right. It's just, that's what I thought, but it was just, you know, really resolving within yourself that God's word is true. And when you're really in faith, 100% in faith, then it doesn't matter what anybody else says to you, even though, you know, um, if it was a limp to my, you know, my walk, you know, they can say, well, you're, you're limping. No, I'm healed. You know, it, right. I mean, you, you can see that I'm limping, but I believe I'm healed. And people think I'm crazy. They think I'm crazy because I fully believe God's word to the point where I believe I'm crazy, you know? So I think that that really helped me when Ziggy was like, but you're not in faith. I'm like, yes, I am. And, <laughs> and that's the part of where, any of God's blessings, you know, everything that I've said today, it all has to be by faith. By faith, we believe that this happens. 
So as Pastor Andy was saying, if at any point you're doubting and you're just hoping that when I sow the seed, I hope, and that's why that, that transformation is going to be a revelation of God's word. So the more we read his word, the more we're transformed, you know, by the renewing of our minds, that revelation sparks faith. And then faith is what makes it manifest. At any time when we're just hoping that that's going to happen, then it's still just a hope. Now, hope is the substance of things, but it's not, it's not faith. And we can expect to be in faith when we confidently trust God's word and we're, believe, and we're reading his word and that revelation has settled in our hearts. And that's why it's so important to come to, to, come to, the, come to church and get renewed and read our Bibles so then that way when we are in the world, the world's not dictating what we believe. And we are not constantly um, having the thoughts of what we saw, what we watched, what we heard, what our coworkers said, but we're, the word says this, that's it. And it's not easy. It's not easy, but, but it's doable. We're all here because we had faith to believe that Jesus died for us and that he is Lord. So we know we can do it. And we've all experienced God. So we know it's not, you know, well, I hope this is real. We know it's, it's, it's it. We just have to have that transformation in our minds that ha produces that revelation and that faith is the vehicle of what we, then we could see these things come to pass in our life. Uh, did Rachel, did you have a question? Or are we, did you answer, get it answered? Awesome. Melody? anything to do with it no you know it could never happen like you were saying it could never happen now that's the thing is that when you say it can never happen it happened in the spirit when you when you believed it and you said this is this is god's word by his stripes i was healed he did it two thousand years ago it was done in the spirit in the spirit realm. And that's the thing is that we live in a natural world, but when we are in the spirit, and that's why it says in Galatians to walk after the spirit, and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is just our mind getting in the way of not believing. But when we walk after the spirit, everything happens in the spirit. That's why we're spirit, then a soul, then we live in our bodies. So it happens in the spirit. The manifestation then just kind of happens in the natural following that process. Good stuff. So you guys do have an activity. You just don't have to do it now. <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, thank you guys. I, like I said, I believe that this revelation is going to continue to... Um, 
develop in you as you guys read your word and as you walk out everything that you guys are doing and you're reading your Bible and you do your activity, um, that that's going to continue to grow in and produce fruit. So let me uh, pray. Does anybody need any specific prayer tonight? Rachel? Needing a kidney? Healing. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to pray for Rachel's grandpa. All right, awesome. So we'll start, we'll start with Rachel's grandpa. Lord, we thank you so much 